You're listening to the PFWC podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the PFWC podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I am sitting down with my friend, Nicole, and we are going to be talking about anxiety, body image, seeing a therapist, all of these really important topics. Um, But before we get started, I wanted to give Nicole the opportunity to tell us a little bit about herself and introduce herself because I feel like I never give anyone justice when I try and introduce them. So Nicole, if you could just uh, introduce yourself um, and tell us a little bit about who you are. Awesome. Okay. So I'm Nicole. I'm 22 years old, believe it or not. I feel like I'm so wise for my age and I'm like not afraid to say it. (laughs) I didn't. Um, I thought you were older. Definitely. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like everyone does. Um, I would classify myself as like a body empowerment, confidence, and like self-love and just like a realness content creator. I'm a pretty like open book on social media and I just love to show like my experience with things and just real life because I feel like the best way to connect with people is over real experiences. And yeah, I started on Instagram about three, four years ago. And I just kind of started to grow more this year. And it's been like so fun connecting with so many people on social media. Yeah, that's where that's where I found you, obviously, was on Instagram. Um, and I do feel like we talk about a lot of similar things, which I really love. A lot of like body image, um, a lot of confidence, all of that kind of stuff. But I do admire so much the realness and the openness that you um, provide on social media because I do think it's so important for people to see mm-hmm that real side of people and not just like the Instagram side because we know that exists we know that happens um so I love that thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself I'm honestly still in shock that you're only 22 I I know you're older I Um, feel like people always think I'm like 20 like 26 27 I'm like no I'm so young still yeah you are but enjoy it I'm 26 so um yeah, I feel that to be 22 again. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I need to keep this youthful, like life going. Exactly. Yes. Um, all right. So to start, I would love to talk a little bit about um, your experience with anxiety. I know that a lot of listeners have dealt with anxiety and depression. Um, a lot of uh, listeners have also dealt with body image and eating disorders. And so um I would love if you could share a little bit about your experience with anxiety. Um, And from there, we can just talk about all of the other really important things. Yeah. Okay. So 
I don't even know if I have anxiety. I haven't ever been diagnosed with anything or like gone to be diagnosed, but I think it really started this year. I think with everything with like COVID and just like so many things happening in my life, I started to almost have this like weight on my chest all the time. And some like, I can't even, I'm sure people know exactly what I'm talking about, but it's almost like some days I just can't show up and I get like overwhelmed by the easiest little tasks, but I have no idea how to handle it. I'm go. I just started therapy. I'm like cutting out coffee. Well, I'm trying to, I'm drinking tea, but I'm sure it has some caffeine in it still. Um, I'm trying to just like set boundaries for myself, take it day by day because I've never really struggled with mental health. I had like, everyone has like their tough days, but when it starts to like really affect your day-to-day life, you, it's so important to like reach out for help because there's no way you can possibly conquer it yourself without, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like guided, I don't know, what would you call them? Like a guided approach to things and Mm -hmm. like maybe like little tasks you can do. So yeah, I, I just started kind of struggling with it and I have no idea how to fix it. Yeah. And I think that's honestly so common, um, especially in the anxiety and depression and like eating disorder world. Oftentimes people question their experience with one of them um, because they haven't been quote unquote diagnosed. Um, And I think it's really important to understand that like you can still be struggling with those things and, and still have anxiety and still have depression um, without a diagnosis. And, um, that doesn't take away your experience. That doesn't take away what you're going through. Um, so I think that's really empowerful for a lot of people who are listening, um, to know, like, yeah, you're probably feeling a lot of these same, same things. Um, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make you any less like your experience isn't any less because you haven't gotten that official diagnosis from a doctor. Um, so I guess going, off of that, have you found um, certain coping strategies, certain things that help with your anxiety um, that you could share that maybe some listeners could try out who are also experiencing some anxiety? I'm gonna be honest, I haven't found like anything that really works. Um, If I'm having like a really, really tough day, um, I try and like go and move my body or get outside, but it just snowed here in Winnipeg. So that's <laughs> going to be tough, but I do love winter, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, like just getting outside. I like to like work out or like get active kind of just like to burn off some steam. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just like relax. I like to be with like people that I can I feel like support from and that I don't have to necessarily talk about my problems with, but they're just like a comfort presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like my boyfriend or my best friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think those are really common like coping mechanisms for a lot of people. Um, And I think as you progress through um, this experience with anxiety, I think you will find specific things um, that work for you. Um, 
it obviously, from my experience at least, takes time. It also takes a, a lot of trial and error, um, trying yeah. things out and realizing, wow, this does not work for me at all, <laughs> or mm-hmm. this is actually making it worse. Um, and understanding like, there's nothing wrong with you if it doesn't work. Um, yeah. You're, you know, your life is completely different than other people. So what works for someone may not work for you. So yeah, I think just finding what makes you feel good. And like you said, that's moving your body and being outside um, and surrounding yourself by people who make you feel happy and who you feel like you can talk to. I think that's really, really important. Something I wanted to add on to that um, from my experience with anxiety and um, all of that was kind of like you said, having that support system, um, having at least one person to talk to was a game changer. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think just being able to like find that one person, whether it be a partner or a best friend or a parent or some random person on Instagram who you just really look up to, um, I think finding that person is going to be so important um, because nothing is worse than like holding those feelings in and not Mm -hmm. getting them out with anyone, Um, which leads us in perfectly to, I saw that you just saw therapist for the first time yesterday. Um, So let's talk about that because I do think it's really important that we, one, destigmatize, uh, you know, seeing a therapist and, uh, we take, a, take away that negative image of mental health. And like, we think of therapists as these like shrinks who, you know, like give us all of this feedback and we're like, makes us weak. And that's not, that's not true at all. Um, so I would love to hear how your experience went with your therapist for the first time. Okay. Yeah. It was so overwhelming. I, I am like a very, very self-aware person. So I feel like when I go into therapy or when I went into therapy, I was like, this is how I am. I know exactly where it stems from. And like, I just kind of need to talk about it. And yeah, I think, so I had like so many questions about people who were like, well, how did you like get into therapy? Like, how do you make your first appointment? And that just kind of goes to show how many people kind of are like looking for that tool or that resource and how I wouldn't say it's difficult to find, but I don't know how to like help people find good resources because I think it comes with from within to reach out Mm -hmm. and that's like the the first and the biggest step Mm -hmm. um for years and years I just didn't confide in anyone I wouldn't tell anyone that I'm struggling I wouldn't cry I thought it was a sign of weakness I was like I can't cry like they're gonna think I'm weak I don't go to my parents about these things because I'm just like I don't know. It's like a weird thing. Like, I don't want you to think that your child is struggling. So like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But yeah, therapy was, it was good. (laughs) I don't even know. Like I posted yesterday that like, I just got out of therapy and it was tough and everyone was like, yeah, that's how you know when good, Mm -hmm. because if you're letting your emotions out and you're talking to someone, then 
it, you're getting somewhere. Yeah. So I followed this therapist on my Instagram. I actually follow a few therapists. And then I asked one for like a recommendation list um, because they had like a bunch of wait lists. And then I found one that fit with me. I think, I don't know, I'm vibing with them so far. So we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, it was just kind of, it was really overwhelming. You definitely like, you expect it to be, I expected it to be like a movie, like where you lay down on the bed mm-hmm. <laughs> or like the couch and then they're talking to you and they're like writing stuff down. But it was like a very just calm space where you just like, it was like chatting with a friend, mm-hmm. but like chatting about, the most traumatic and like overwhelming things you've gone through all in like an hour and a half and I was like oh my gosh I left feeling so drained I went straight to bed when I got home and like I feel really good today but I can't tell if it's just my emotions being like okay let's get rid of that feeling and like let's just stay positive Mm -hmm. you know yeah definitely um kind of something I was thinking of uh when you were talking about like finding a therapist and oftentimes that being like the hardest part. Um, it's obviously very different in Canada, um, than it is in the U S. Um, in the U S it's very difficult to find a therapist, um, especially a therapist Mm -hmm. that like takes your insurance. (laughs) Um, and oftentimes like therapists, I, I know a lot of therapists are transitioning out of like Um, accepting insurance and into more of like a private practice because the insurance side of everything is such a pain in the ass. Um, Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people are like, I can't afford a therapist. Um, I don't have insurance. I won't cover a therapist. Um, So that's something that a lot of people here in the U S struggle with. Um, And I think the great thing though, is that a lot of with COVID, a lot of therapists are starting to go virtual, which means there's a lot more options for people mm-hmm. um, because you don't have to see a therapist that lives like in your city. You can like see a therapist who lives in another state or, you know, actually yeah. I don't think you can do that. I think you can only do because licenses are state by state. So you can see someone in your state, but who maybe doesn't live close to you. Um, so I think that's really important for a lot of people to understand is like now with um, it's called telehealth, which is like the virtual therapy sort of stuff. Yeah. So you can um, there's a lot more options now. So I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's really exciting. Um, But like you said, with leaving therapy, feeling exhausted, I think that's so common because especially especially if you're going from a place where you're not really talking about those things a lot, um, you like yeah, show up like some, some of the things I like said to her and I'm like oh, I can't believe I said that out loud I was like I've never told anyone that and she was like that's okay and then I'm just like crying I'm like oh my god I've never said that out loud kind of thing and yeah it was just like it's kind of just like a can of worms you have to just mm-hmm. dig through and then I I had so much advice from like so many of my followers being like the fifth or sixth session gets easier because by then you've kind of like put a lot out on the table and you just kind of dissect everything and like Mm -hmm. your feelings around it and like coping mechanisms and I was like okay perfect (laughs) and then just like you said um in Canada I I'm sure it is 
easier, but I don't have insurance. So, cause I'm self-employed. Mm-hmm. So I'm paying like out of pocket for it. And it's like such a privilege that I'm able to afford it because mm-hmm. if I think about it, like my sessions until the new year, it's going to cost me like over a thousand dollars, which like a lot of people can't afford. And I was using better health um, or better help. Do you know what that is? Yeah. It's uh, where you can find, where you can find therapists in your area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was using BetterHelp for a bit, like at the beginning of COVID, just to like try and see if there was any. And I couldn't connect through people virtually. I'm more of like, like a lot of them didn't, a lot of the ones that I connected with didn't do video calls. So it'd be like messaging Mm -hmm. back and forth. And I'm like, I didn't like that. And then I also was like partnered with a lot of older people and males and I just felt like they couldn't like I just didn't feel comfortable so I think it's so important to like Mm -hmm. find someone you're comfortable with and I've heard it so many times of people being like if you're not comfortable with your therapist you like you are allowed to move to a different one 100 percent yeah yeah it's like so important to like catch that soon instead of wasting your time putting all this effort into this therapist and then having to redo it with a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something that is really important for every, for everyone listening to remember is that if you start with one therapist, you have the power to change whenever, like you can mm-hmm. always say, I'm not really getting much out of this. I think I'm going to try someone else. Um, because you have to remember like you're paying them, (laughs) like you're paying that person. And so obviously you want to make sure you're getting what you deserve out of your sessions. Um, and definitely like what you said in terms of finding someone you feel comfortable with, I know like for a lot of people, um, you know, there's certain criteria that they look for in a therapist, like like you said, um, maybe someone who's a female, um, maybe someone who has a background in eating disorders, or maybe someone, you know, looking at all of these things and figuring out if that person meets those criteria, because that's going to be really, really important. Um, because you're going to be opening up a lot. Like you said, you are Mm -hmm. sharing so much with this person and you just, you want to make sure you feel comfortable Um, because as someone who's training to be a therapist right now, I have seen so many people who don't open up or they, they think they're opening up, but I can tell they're not fully opening up. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're not going to benefit from this unless you are fully opening up and sharing with me, like where all of these things are coming from, because I can't help you if you're not, you know, giving me like everything. So I mm-hmm. think just being able to feel comfortable um, finding that that person and opening up will be really, really helpful. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So going off of that, um, I did want to talk a little bit about, um, we talked a little bit about this on our Q&A that we did the other day, but I think something that I always love to hear from people on the podcast is one, their experience with body image. Cause I know that's something that you talk a lot about on your Instagram. And mm. I think, um, it also ties back into some of the anxiety you may feel like you may be feeling. Um, and all of these things play a role in one another, body image, anxiety, eating disorders, all of them. 
like contribute to one another. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit about your experience with body image um, and kind of just talking about where you are now in terms of body image and kind of how you got there. Yeah, sure. Um, my I wouldn't say my body image prior when I was like, it, it kind of went in like a wave of like levels. Like I felt yeah. like I had, I was always like a pretty confident person with my body until I started dating men, of mm -hmm. course. It's always the men. <laughs> and, Definitely. Um, yeah. And then I, I dated like a, I would say like a high level athlete in high school. Like he definitely, he was like traveling for hockey and wasn't around a lot. And I just had like, he always would say kind of like, Hey, you should like go to the gym. And I'm like, what? Why? No. I don't want to. <laughs> kind of. And I was like, now not allowed. Don't please, please don't say this to me. And then, um, when I got out of that relationship, I definitely felt like very empowered because I was like, I don't have someone telling me that I'm like, I need to change and all this stuff. So I just was like feeling myself, but I also, that was like the smallest I ever was. Mm -hmm. So I'm like feeling myself. I lost like so much weight because of the stress of like the breakup. That was like my first long-term relationship we dated for like five years and it was just like stress shed the weight mm -hmm. and then I was like I'm a bad bitch and then <laughs> I got into another relationship and it was like super abusive and like manipulative one and I just even felt worse getting mm -hmm. out of that one and that's kind of when I started my Instagram because I wanted to like obviously share my experience with like my body image and my mental health with my followers because I wasn't feeling myself and I kind of used my social media as like a live journal mm -hmm. for everyone to like read into and like oh my god how's she doing this week and so it kind of like went in waves and then I would say like a lot about the environment that you grow up in contributes to your body image so like still to this day, um, still to this day, I'm surrounded by like people who weigh themselves every day and have like goal weights mm -hmm. and like refuse to eat after a certain time. And I'm like, guys, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like very self-aware that I'm content with my body. And I think I said that in my therapy session yesterday, I was like, I don't think any of my anxiety anymore or anything has to do with my body. I'm content with my body. I will have bad body image days, but I'm never like, I need to change because I've accepted like pretty much that diet culture is just fucking everyone over mm -hmm. and the beauty industry is fucking everyone over. And there's so many unrealistic standards out there that I'm like, I'm more frustrated with the fact that people, other people are upset with their body image when they have like, there's so, there's so much more to be not happy about when mm -hmm. like your body has nothing to do with it. So 
I would say right now I'm very happy with my body. I haven't weighed myself for six months. That's That's huge. Good job. I know. I'm pumped about it. And like I, before I would always be like, yeah, I don't weigh myself, but I was weighing myself and it was just like a lie. I was like, Mm -hmm. no, I know exactly how much I weigh, but I'm like, I don't weigh myself. Mm -hmm. And now I've like truly don't even know where I am. I don't care at all. And I'm feeling good. As long as I feel good, I think that's just like the biggest thing. I don't have like a goal to lose weight or gain weight. I just want to just like feel good. I want my body to feel good, my mind. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much my my thought around body image. Did you see the uh, thing that I posted the other day calling up that company? I have actually... So mad. I was infuriated. I have seen infuriated. Yes, I think that's, yeah, that's the word. (laughs) Um, I was like, I'm a cyber bully right now. Like, I mean, I've seen them before. I've seen that company before. I have too. And I uh, had originally seen them from the second girl you mentioned who was sharing the leggings. And didn't it kind of go viral before? It did, yes. A few months ago, and that someone called her out, and, like, it was going everywhere. Okay, well, we did it again, Mm -hmm. and they are just a load of shit. Yes. So for those of you listening who have no idea what we're talking about, um, there is this company that creates these leggings that are, like, textured, and they're supposed to – Yeah, they're, like, honeycomb leggings, and they're supposed to, like, remove – your cellulite, the look of cellulite on your legs or whatever bullshit. Um, it's supposed to stimulate your skin vessels. <laughs> that doesn't even exist, first of all. I think that's even I possible. To, I, I talked to so many medical professionals. They're like, what? Yeah. I was like, I don't even know. And then I had hundreds and hundreds of people screenshotting their messages with them being like, can you back this by science? And they're like, it's like a copy and paste message. Uh-huh. I'll get, um, I'll re- relay this to our marketing department. I'm like, I'm sorry if you're running their Instagram, you are the marketing. You are department. the marketing. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, what? Yeah, I saw that, and you know, those are one of those companies that they and and kind of like what you're talking about on your Instagram story is like they use these influencers who influencers who have millions of followers millions millions and they aren't real people like they are real people but they don't they lie to their audience mm-hmm. they they only post photos that are photoshopped they like position and pose their bodies they use those skinny tees waist trainers Mm -hmm. they get all this plastic surgery and like I'm not against plastic surgery I get my Mm -hmm. lips done Mm -hmm. like whatever but be honest Mm -hmm. with it like go on and be like I just got my boobs done like how sick do they look Mm -hmm. these aren't real by the way I paid thousands of dollars for them Mm -hmm. don't go on your social media and say this is all natural. And if you wear these leggings, you will look like this. That is not realistic to anyone. And I think I had so many people message me saying, I fell for this. Like I've bought these leggings before. And I'm like, I wish I could reimburse you. Uh I know. Yeah. And that that totally goes into what you were saying and, and body image, obviously, but like social media plays a huge role in the way that we feel about ourselves and the way that we view our bodies. 
And something that I find myself saying over and over and over and over again is you are in charge of who you follow. You determine what you see on your Instagram feed. Make sure you are curating your Instagram feed to be messages that you want to see. Messages about body inclusivity, messages about body acceptance and confidence, and not messages from these bullshit people (laughs) who are talking about wearing leggings that that stimulate your whatever to get rid of your cellulite. Um, And anyone who's listening, this is your reminder that cellulite is normal. It is 100% normal. We all have it. Cream doesn't remove it. Babies are born with cellulite. We all have cellulite. It literally has to do with like the makeup underneath of our skin. Like you can't, cream's not going to remove it. None of that diet culture is, none of that diet culture shit will, will remove it. It's normal. Like embrace it love it, hug it, touch it, like celebrate it. Um, same thing with stretch marks. Like, Oh, I know. Stretch marks aren't just for people who have had children. (laughs) Stretch marks are literally on everyone. I know so many people that are like shredded that are covered in stretch marks Mm -hmm. and it's not because you are fat. Mm -hmm. It's because your body is stretching to make room for your body mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah I don't understand I have I've had people that yeah like they work out and their their muscles grow faster than their body can like stretch so they obviously uh-huh. get stretch marks and they're like so insecure about it and I'm like you are shredded mm-hmm. and you're insecure about a little like tiger strut like stripe yeah. I'm sorry but yeah. like it's so so normal and yeah I totally I totally agree. I feel like so many of these things need to be normalized and need to be like taught in mm-hmm. schools that, I don't know, I think it targets younger people more than it targets the older generation. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I look at this older generation and the what they've been through because they have been fed this mm-hmm. forever. And it's just... It's insane. Yeah. I think um, with older generations, it's like, that's just what was normal. Like mm-hmm. always dieting was normal. Always wanting to lose weight was normal. Um, like not eating after a certain time was normal. Um, yeah. Like all of these things were like normal for them for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then our generation is realizing, wow, these things aren't normal. These things are actually very disordered um, and are not affecting you positively, but are instead yeah. doing yeah. the complete opposite. And then we have the younger generation who is still kind of figuring out like what's normal, what's not normal, what do I believe, what do I not believe? Um, and I think with like the development of social media, it makes things harder for younger generations because they're seeing so much more at such a younger age. Um, Mm -hmm. whereas like for me, at least I didn't have like Instagram when I was in like middle school. Um, and I swear if I did, I would have been way worse off than I already was. Um, so yeah, I I think so many friends that like had have been like hospitalized for an eating disorder because Mm -hmm. in high school we were 
we were on calorie counting apps mm-hmm. and like telling each other, okay, like we're holding each other accountable for working out. Mm-hmm. And so many of them ended up with like life-threatening eating disorders. And yeah. I'm just like, this is so toxic. Like, why does mm-hmm. this exist? What like yeah. living shouldn't be that much effort, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like, you exactly. shouldn't live your life to fit into a certain size or restrict your food because one day you're going to look back and you're going to be like, wow, I wasted years not enjoying my life. Mm-hmm. And it's 100%. sad. But. Yeah, it really is. And I think thankfully, like that message is becoming a lot more um, regular. Whereas I know like when I was in high school and when I was in middle school and when I developed my eating disorder, that wasn't a message that was being put out there. There wasn't the, um, oh, you're, you're, um, your weight doesn't define your worth. Like that was not something that people were telling me. Um, people were saying like, like, the smaller you are, the healthier you are. All of these things that are, we know now are not true. Um, so I think, yeah, just making sure you're following people who preach what you want to hear, who are always talking about all of those positive messages. Um, and continuing to remind yourself regularly that your your body is literally like the least interesting thing about you. Like you provide and offer so much and to spend so much time and so much energy and so many hours thinking about when am I going to work out? How long am I going to work out? How many calories am I going to burn? How many calories am I going to eat? Um, all of these things that are just a waste of time. Because like you said, as as long as you feel good, if you feel good, if you are happy, that is honestly all that matters. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, from my experience at least, and I don't you you might be able to relate to this, but when I was in my eating disorder, I was like, okay, if I just lose 10 pounds, I'm gonna be so happy. If I just lose 15 pounds, I'm gonna be so happy. I lose those 10 pounds still unhappy. I lose those 15 pounds, still unhappy because mentally I was not in a good place. I didn't, I didn't love myself. I didn't appreciate my body. I didn't celebrate what my body was capable of. All I was focused on was trying to become as small as possible, trying to Mm -hmm. shrink myself. Um, and we don't have time for that. We all deserve to take up as much space as we fucking want. (laughs) We all deserve to, you know, exist however we want to exist. And not be involved in such toxic conversation around our bodies. I have so many friends that have that same mentality that, or I know so many people, I I wouldn't say that we're necessarily friends, but that are in that mindset that, okay, I, I I'll be so hot and happy if I lose like 10 pounds and I look like this person when okay, like, are you doing this for yourself? Or are you Mm -hmm. doing this for other people? Because let me tell you right now, if you don't think that you can attract people the way you are right now, what makes you think that they're going to stick around if you never look like that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. If if someone doesn't give you the, the time of day, the relationship, the friendship in who you are right now in the body that you're in say you did lose 10 pounds and then you gained it back 
are they going to stick around? Mm -hmm. And if they are, did you even have to lose the 10 pounds in the Mm -hmm. first place? Like, I'm, I'm just like blown away by the mentality that the smaller you are, the happier Happier. you're going to be, because I feel like it has nothing to do with what you look like, Mm -hmm. especially if like everything's on social media, you can have like a social media presence. You can have a voice and nobody can know what you look like. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And then you show your face. And it's like, oh my God, yes. But why does it matter what we look like? Yeah, exactly. Or like the other end of that, where you do have a presence, but it's all based around an unrealistic image, like. an unrealistic yeah. image that's been photoshopped um, yeah. and isn't actually how you look. But you're portray- like you're portraying this image and you're like, oh, this is me and this is how I'm so confident and this is how I feel so good. And it's extremely misleading and extremely toxic for younger girls who are like, oh, she's so beautiful and she's so perfect and she doesn't have stretch marks and she doesn't have cellulite. So obviously she's successful because of those things. Um, When in reality, if someone is posting a photo, they don't have any stretch marks or they don't have any cellulite. It is 100% more than likely photoshopped because no one has that perfectly flawless looking skin ever no one like you jump you're probably gonna have stretch marks you sit down I mean cellulite you sit down you're probably gonna have cellulite um so always keep an eye out on those people who are always talking about not having any of those things because that's questionable (laughs) or like getting rid of them yes because I don't think there's anything on the market that will Mm -hmm. get rid of your stretch marks or your cellulite Mm -hmm. so you just gotta own it Exactly. Yeah. Um, And one last thing uh, in terms of cellulite and stretch marks, something that I always find myself saying in in terms of stretch marks specifically um, is I have stretch marks on my stomach. I haven't had a kid. I have been through a severe eating disorder where I lost a bunch of weight and then through recovery gained weight back. And so I have stretch marks on my stomach. And every morning when I see the stretch marks, and it hasn't always been this way, when I first started seeing stretch marks, I wasn't in a good place mentally. And I was like, what the hell? Why do I have stretch marks? This is disgusting. Oh my God. And then I was like, no, they're normal. And they're a sign of the journey that my body has been through. Like these stretch marks tell my story. Um, Mm -hmm. They every time I see them, it's a reminder that I literally pushed through and survived an extreme eating disorder. And even if you haven't been through an eating disorder or something like that, your stretch marks are going to tell some sort of story. Um, They are literally a sign of your life and your journey and what you've been through and how your body has changed. And I think that's something that's really beautiful and something that's really exciting to celebrate um instead of looking at them and being like ew I'm disgusting I'm gross why do I have these because you're not you're normal you're beautiful and those stretch marks are just part of your story and they're just part of your journey yeah like would you look at anyone else well I mean I don't I'm not sure if we would but would 
other people look at someone else and be like ew you mm-hmm. have like cellulite and stretch marks mm-hmm. like yeah you do too so like mm-hmm. why are why are you calling me gross I don't know exactly Ugh. and and that's something too like I am always asking people and a lot of people that I work with I'm like would you judge someone else based on their stretch marks I would ask them that question and they'd be like no and I'm like why are you doing that to yourself then why yeah. are you treating yourself like so much worse than you would treat anyone else. Um, yeah. So that's just something to remember when it comes to stretch marks and cellulite, because there is a very toxic market out there that likes yeah. to promote the removal of that likes to make you feel shame around them. Um, and just a reminder that all of those things exist only to make money and they know that they don't actually work but they're like people are insecure about these things let's offer something that may make them feel a little bit better I don't know if I would say better but let's give them false hope that this product will remove all of those insecurities um but it won't it's not going to fix it's not going to fix it so Nicole, thank you so much. I think um, that's a really great place to wrap up because we covered all of the things I wanted to cover, anxiety, therapy, body image. Um, I think that, you know, I, I appreciate your insight on your experience through body image. Um, thank you for sharing your experience through therapy. I know that there's a lot of people who are thinking about therapy, especially in the time we're in right now uh, with COVID and especially here in the U S with the elections, it's a very stressful time and people are not in a great place mentally. And um, I think just being able to normalize seeing a therapist or, you know, normalize talking to someone is really, really important Um, so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing your experience with anxiety, because I know a lot of people experience that also with everything going on in the world right now, anxiety has like skyrocketed for a lot of people. I think mental illness, like mental health and mental illness in general is just like Mm -hmm. down the drain for everyone. Yeah. Um, And kind of like what you said, you said you didn't realize you had ever had anxiety or struggled with anxiety until recently. And and that's happening for a lot of people, people who mm-hmm. didn't think they had anxiety or struggled with anxiety or depression until we were put in this really high stress um, situation. And people are like, I'm very anxious. I don't know how to handle it. I feel really depressed. I don't know how to handle mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. And so I think talking about it and offering you know, that support and showing people like, it's okay. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you quote unquote weird. Like seeing a therapist talking to someone is crucial. It's so important. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you for, thanks for sharing that and opening up about that. Um, and then last thing is I would love for you to share where everyone can find you, um, social media, where, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Nicole Zajac. You can also find me on YouTube. I have a few YouTube videos coming out soon That's on exciting. influencer marketing. So you can find me on YouTube at Nicole Zajac as well. Amazing. And then one last thing. Uh, do you have a work piece of advice or anything you want to leave with listeners today? 
you some advice, ask for help if you need it. Yes. Because <laughs> that's kind of what I just did and uh -huh. it's good. Um, yeah, just ask for help if you need it and mm -hmm. like know that you're never alone in any situation that someone else is also going through the same thing. So it's important to ask for help when you need it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love that. So thank you, Nicole, for being here. And um, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> I literally was like in the middle of saying something and my brain went blank. Um, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I just like am in the middle of conversation and I'm like, mm, that's gone. I don't know what I was going to say, <laughs> but anyways, thank you. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here. Um, and, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thanks.